and welcome to the Did You Eat podcast. My name is Nicole Yates, and hey, I'm back. I moved from Philly to Los Angeles, but I haven't stopped eating, meeting people, and having great talks about it. So before I get into this brand new episode, I want to welcome a brand new sponsor, Ha Ha Hot Sauce. <laughs> That's right. Dave Yates, no relation, is a funny, funny dude, and is super nice, and he makes some fantastic hot sauce. I use it all the time on everything. It's got a nice kick without lighting your face on fire. But don't kid yourself. It's got a kick. Hit Dave up for some at yatescomedy.com. Because that's right, we're both stand-up comics. Which brings me to my guest today. That's right, Dave Yates. Surprise! (laughs) Dave's a comic from the south side of Chicago. And he now lives in LA. We'd become Facebook friends, and now we're real-life friends. That's right, it happens. Anyway... Dave also makes some amazing hot sauce. So besides being our new sponsor, he also spends a lot of time making hot sauce fans very, very happy. And hey, feel free to hit up Digi Eat on Instagram at Digi underscore eat and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Digi Eat food blog. And of course, Digi Eat.com. It's been a little stagnant. We'll look out for some new stuff going on there soon, okay? Uh, I could use some ratings on iTunes, So if you like the podcast, feel free to give it some stars and a nice rating. I also have two other podcasts I'm involved with with my friend Kevin Ott. The first one is called To Mary, To Tyler, To More, where we watch every episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show and talk about it. The other one's called Finale Watching, where we watch the last episode of television shows and then we talk about it. The first episode is up. It should be on iTunes by the time this hits and we watch the last episode of Cheers. Episode two's coming, and all I could say is, what's up with that? Okay, it's Seinfeld. Anyway, we have a lot of other uh, episodes planned, so check them out if you have some time. All right. So we're sitting here with Dave Yates. No relation. No relation. Dave Yates here. No relation. Uh, And uh, Dave is a stand-up comic that also has his own hot sauce business. Yeah, I make uh, my own brand of hot sauce called Ha Ha Hot Sauce. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trust me i know it's a silly stupid name but it's good hot sauce it is good hot sauce i i actually use the bottle i have in my fridge quite often like i'm gonna need a new bottle soon yeah people enjoy it like honestly it's sometimes i wonder if it's better than my actual comedy <laughs> <laughs> no comment <laughs> but uh yeah um so we so let, let's let's talk about how we met first of all yeah uh it was an online friendship uh I think uh, I was trying to do some mics in Philly or something like that, uh-huh. and then I saw that there were, your last name was Yates as well, so I added you as a friend, and then throughout the years, we just kept in touch, gripes here or there, like yeah. when I bought my 2000 Honda uh, Civic DX, uh, my first road car, you messaged me because you own the exact same car, and you're like, make sure you get a slu- like uh, what are they, uh, protection devices for it. What do they call those? The nightstick or whatever. Oh, no, I get a club Yeah, a and club. get wheel locks. A club and wheel locks yeah. because people will jack your car. Yeah, because I, I, that car, that was my first car, 2007, no. No, as a as a ninety seven Civic Hatch. Yeah, that's what it was. I had uh, a two thousand, so it was the yeah. same body style and yep. everything. Oh yeah, they didn't change that car at all. No, and, and it shouldn't. was so easy to just jimmy that thing open, and they, my radio got stolen twice. <laughs> First time, uh, my friend Steve put put a new one in, and the second time, I did it myself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and those things have a tendency the head gasket will go, 
uh, you need a new timing timing belt. Um, yeah, I did all those things that you suggested, and that car made it all the way to California before someone crashed into me on the 405. That's a fucking shame, man. Yeah, that car That's... had a lot of life left in it. And... We're at on the 405. Uh, I was going southbound. I was doing shows in Orange County, and oh. I was leaving during rush hour, and I went to go change lanes, and this lady in the BMW just smacked into my car when I was changing lanes, and, I mean, it came out to be my fault because I was the one changing lanes, oh. even, though even though she, she was, was doing, like, that. 60, 70 miles an hour in rush hour traffic on the 405, so, yeah. That sucks. Goodbye, sweet red chariot. <laughs> I actually saw a... Uh an accident on the 405 the other day driving to work a lady was in and it was totally not this lady's fault um she was in a red crv changing lanes it was rush hour so we were all moving very slow so her changing lanes was not an issue yeah and you could hear this motorcycle like way back and this guy was driving between the lanes yeah, splitting the lanes yeah and he i guess did not judge that there was enough room for him to go around, hit the back corner of the CRV, flew head over feet over the CRV onto the ground, pieces of rice burner everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and everybody was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's like laying so the car's like like on a on a slant, you know, half in the new lane, half out. The lady is just sitting there, probably like, "What the hell?" And barely anything happened to the Honda too, which was pretty funny. And the guy's like, "I'm the guy's like almost looking at me, and trying to get up, falling, trying to get up, falling." Yeah, but, he's fucked his shit up. Yeah, he's fucked. He had to have broken at least twelve bones. So the lady finally gets out, and then everybody yeah. must have been like, "Okay, someone's taking care of him," and then started yeah, driving. Yeah, everybody around. drives around. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like it's legal for them to do that. To split the lanes of traffic, which yeah. is just insane to yeah. me. Yeah, it's like they got bigger balls than I do because it's like I, I, I they they literally I've seen them doing like fifty between lanes yeah. and shit. Nuts. And you got one person that decides to like scratch themselves and like veer into like not even into the next lane, but to close that gap mm-hmm. between the line and your toast, man. Yeah, I mean, is it really getting everywhere faster than everybody else? Is it worth it? Because no. they do. I mean, I'm jealous of the. The expedited travel, but <laughs> but the but the percentage of death is so much higher. <laughs> yeah, and me and motorcycles, like I have a recurring dream where I'm driving a motorcycle and um, I end up in a ditch every time. I, I don't even I wouldn't even want to drive a scooter because I have broken both of my arms at different times on bicycles. So me and two wheeled things are just yeah. not I like the four the four wheels. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've contemplated a scooter just to get to and from the day job and stuff you know and take the back roads but like everybody in la drives so terribly yeah and it's like and you ultimately become a terrible driver because everybody else drives so terribly i find myself actually being more on point because everybody just so if i had a nickel for okay i drive the 405 every day yeah 12 13 miles from from where i live so for two hours a day you're on the (laughs) for two hours a day i'm on the 405 and if I had a nickel for every person I saw with their head down on the phone, uh-huh. like they need, like they need to start pulling yep. people over and like tell, like. But they won't though. See, that's the thing. On the four hundred five, traffic is so bad already that there's no cop that's gonna try to attempt to pull someone over where it's gridlock. 
yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Look. There's I, something. There's got to be something. I, I always use my turn signal. Yeah. I always do complete stops. Like, I still am a good driver, but sometimes you have to drive like a bad driver just to get out of the way oh, sure. of like shitty ass driving. Well, I think that's more of a defensive driving thing than it is being a shitty driver. Like, you got to do what yeah. you got to do. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so you, yeah, that poor car. Hot sauce um. car. That's, and so. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny, uh, speaking of our last name being Yates, it's just like, it is common, but it's not common like everybody knows. Like, right. it's not it's not common socially like Smith. Right. Or, or, Rich, or, or Richardson or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it is a common name. And in my drinking days, I, uh, I friended all the Dave Yates's I could find on <laughs> Facebook. And this, I was in college, right? So this the story ends... Uh, real well in comedy so uh, maybe two years ago like I'm sober now and I'm doing shows and I'm doing a sh- I'm doing some shows in Cincinnati uh. and one of the Dave Yates's that I had friended in my drunken stupor said I want to come to the show and see <laughs> the, the, the Dave Yates comedian there you go so he comes to the show and he brings the whole Yates crew like he brought his wife his two kids, like a, an uncle and shit. Oh, wow. So there was like seven people came to the show, and they all bought Yates comedy T-shirts. That's because... awesome. <laughs> and it was like they were the only audience at. It was above a pizza shop. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it was like a show above a pizza shop. Nothing crazy. Sure, you sure. know, just just an extra day on the road. You know, and it turned out to be one of the best shows because they came. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so, fantastic. So friend all the people with your last name. Yeah, you right. You never know if they'll come to your comedy shows. That's nice. Although I did get the Yatesy Comedy. You did. You do own YatesyComedy.com. Sorry, man. <laughs> Mine's just YatesComedy.com. That's okay. Um, I uh, I will tell you this, though. my uh, If you want to play chess with me on Chess with Friends, it's Dave.Yatesy. <laughs> All right, I'll let you have it on the on the chat. Well, I already have it. <laughs> nice, Foil, nice. Foiled again. So, um, so you're so you do stand up. Yes. Um. So tell me a story about how like how do you, how does one start thinking? You know what I should do? I should make it sell hot sauce. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So it ties in the stand up. Uh, uh. Accidentally because. Uh, so I started comedy in central Illinois, um, and moved down there after college to live cause it was cheap. And, um, so uh, how far away from Chicago? That's like? about two hours South of Chicago. So like Moline? South of Moline, uh, kind of in the, Moline's not far away, but like, uh, Juliet? it's South of Juliet. So, oh. so, uh, it's a good so place to vacation. if you go two hours, <laughs> especially if you want to tour the prison, yes. um, if you drive two hours directly south of Chicago, you will. Uh, Bloomington is there. It's where okay. Illinois State University is, and uh, it was cheap to live, college town. Cool, cool. And that's where I started doing comedy because mm-hmm. there was nothing else for me to do down sure. there. Uh, so then one day at a farmer's market, I was like maybe three and a half years into comedy, four years, starting to feature on the road a little bit. I grew a ghost pepper plant that I bought at a farmer's market. So uh, I, I bought it because I like spicy food. And I'm like, I'm going to try to... It doesn't get much more spicier than a ghost pepper. Uh, it does, actually. Well, it does, but It not does, but at the time, it was just like, this was something cool. So, like, I had a little garden on my back porch, you know, in uh-huh. buckets. And I grew this ghost pepper plant. And it had, like, 25 peppers on it. Oh, and wow. since it's Illinois, the season doesn't last long. So I picked them. And I'm like, I needed to do something with them. Because it's like, it's too hot to just eat. 
Yeah. You know, like I love spicy food, but you'll never see me put more than a fresh, like maybe slivers of habanero on eggs or something. Like I'll yeah. get a habanero and cut it in the slivers and put it on my eggs. And that's the natural heat from a given pepper that I will enjoy. Yeah, you can't like take a ghost pepper and stuff it full of cream cheese and just be like, here. Yeah, here, I made this for you uh, to eat and to die. die. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know what to do with them. So I'm like, I'm going to teach myself how to make hot sauce because that was the only thing I could think to do with these bitches sure. uh, rather than dry, like dry them out and then make dry spice out of them or something like sure, so. Sure. So I went online and I started watching hot sauce making videos. I looked at hot sauce making recipes. I'm talking like from like better homes and gardens, just a bare bones base recipes of hot sauce. And I just taught myself how to make it from that. But I took the base recipe and like I was like, well, I don't like this, I don't like that, so I swapped out ingredients for ingredients that I did like, you know. So, uh, you know, my hot sauce has an orange, a pear, and apple cider vinegar in it, you know. And I saw someone making like a pear-based hot sauce, but I just I wanted to use the pear, but just not the rest of the ingredients. So then I saw some people making uh, hot sauces which is strictly tem- like just like heirloom tomatoes, and like I wanted it to be a little bit more sour, so I, I used Romas. So. Then I threw an orange in because I'm like, I'm already using a pear. Yeah, pears nicely. No, and, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. Um, I, uh, and then instead of using white vinegar or white wine vinegar, because I, I mean, I, I'm sober now, so I don't fuck with alcohol. Like even cooking with it, I just don't. Like it's well, just it's not my real. thing. It burns off, but it's just like I don't. I just, it's just not I mean, something. it's not necessary, so. No. So instead of using like white wine vinegar or, or white vinegar or anything like that, I used apple cider because I've already got the fruitiness from the orange and the pear. Sure. So I chose the apple cider vinegar because you need vinegar for the hot sauce for it to keep. Also, apple cider vinegar has a nice tang to it. Exactly. So uh, so I, I made my first batch and it I, I worked for a company during the day that had access to like a bottling company and they also made hot sauce bottles so i ordered like 12 glass bottles of hot sauce with a little red top on them huh? and they were plain glass white like just clear glass bottles and then when i made my first batch i just put them in bottles and it was real chunky because i hadn't gotten the boiling time down yet but it was tasty and i would show my friends the hot sauce and they're like well can we buy some i'm like yeah give me whatever you want for it so i sold them to my friends and they all raved about it so i was like well i just started getting on the road you know and i had t-shirts and stuff but i was like maybe i can sell hot sauce as merch instead so like i made like maybe 12 to 24 bottles of hot sauce no labels on them and i was doing a show i was doing a weekend at riddles comedy club in elsip illinois which is like the south side of chicago and fun club but just it you know not not a prestigious club you know it was work and uh so i got on stage and i did my merch pitch and i like on the i'm like hey uh I make and sell my own hot sauce. Uh, there's no label on it, but it's delicious. Uh, it's called Paha Hot Sauce, you know? And people laughed at that. So I was like, oh, at least it's a decent tag. Uh-huh. And then after the show, people were like, how much? I'm like, uh, 20 bucks. And people bought all of them. Yeah. I sold I sold out the first time I did it at $20 a crack. Wow. You know? And I was only making a few at a time anyway, so, like, my price point wasn't super low. So, like, at 20 bucks, like, I was still making a good profit. But, you know, so then I was like, well, I tried it again. And then I started making more. I started ordering more bottles. And then I paid my buddy Carl 
uh, Slagle, who's a phenomenal artist, uh, he does most, if not all, of my artwork uh, to to draw a label for me. So uh, I, I showed him with what the pepper looks like. It's a mean-looking thing. I use a Carolina Reaper because that was another thing. I, I didn't mean to skip over it, but the ghost pepper and the hot sauce with the sugars and stuff, it wasn't hot enough for me. So I jumped two levels up to the Carolina Reaper to get the heat that I needed. Uh, and that's the hottest pepper in the world. I just don't use a lot of it. So haha ha hot sauce is made with a Carolina Reaper. Um, and I showed him what the pepper looks like. And I know this is an audio podcast, so I'll try to describe it. It looks like a, a lumpy little red brain with a pointy devil tail. Okay. Like it really looks like a like a like the Grim Reaper. Huh. You know, it 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 lets you know it's mean before you even know what it is. It's like you don't want to eat me. I've got a tail. You know. <laughs> uh, so Carl made a label for me uh, and made a laughing pepper and used the tongue of the pepper as like the tail, the pointy tail, and I started slapping labels on it, and I was. Uh, <clears throat> And I still make them like this because I'm still pretty small, even though the business has grown where, you know, those labels that you put on um, mail, uh, like a like a one and a half by three inch. Like Avery Labels? Yes, Avery Labels. That's exactly the company I went through is Avery Labels. And I, I gridded out the labels and printed six at a time and they're sticky. So I would just print my own labels and stick them on the bottles. And then with, because it, it, the labels have the ingredients on them and like how to contact me to order more and stuff. There's no nutritional value on it yet because we're still, we're still trying to get uh, FDA approval, which will happen soon. But everything that I've done with the business of the hot sauce, it's just like it's grown like where I was only making like 24 bottles at a time. And then I started making 48 bottles at a time, you know, and I've become known for selling it. So when people come to the shows, you know, the comedy is good okay uh but also people come and they like the hot sauce and they like it so much that uh they rebuy it so like i'll be in indianapolis or atlanta or something doing a show and someone will buy a hot sauce from me and then like a couple months down the road they'll email me or paypal me money to buy more hot sauce so it's like it's it's a tangible good people enjoy it uh uh, i am pretty much the only one doing it uh pretty much i say because I think there's a comic or two out there that outsource to like a mass-produced haha uh, or not haha excuse me a uh, mass-produced hot sauce company and uh, they just put their face on a label on some generic hot sauce. I think that's that's different. Yeah, I mean, I'm the only one I know that's making and selling his own brand of hot sauce. You know, uh, so that's my thing. And it's like, look, if other people are selling hot sauce, that's fine. I'll just know what it felt like to be the first comedian to sell a t-shirt on the road. <laughs> it's like now everybody sells t-shirts on the road. Yeah, right? But, it, I mean, the thing is, it's just like, uh, I sell them for 10 bucks now since I make enough of them. And I got my price point to where I make an okay amount of profit for when I sell them. Uh, and everybody's got 10 bucks. Like, that's the thing. After yeah. a show, you know, if they like you, and that's specifically with any merch, mm-hmm. like... Uh, it just has to not be. Uh, it has to be something people can see. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip you because I had a good time at the show, uh, and I want something to remember the night by. Yeah. You know, and that's why T-shirts have done well so long, and and CDs. People want to go listen to your jokes. You know, again. Uh, it's it's all about press point. If you try and gouge people, they're yeah, like they might be drunk leaving the show, but they're still gonna go. All right, so we had to pay the sitter. Like, say, if, if it's, like, a, a couple out, you know, and they have kids. Okay, so we have, to, we have to pay the sitter. Then we have to pay for parking, usually. Maybe we went out to dinner before the two show. And then minimum. there's the two-drink minimum. If it's a club, you know, it's two-drink minimum. 
or two item minimums. So maybe they got chicken fingers and they both got a beer. So that's so right there they just spent almost a hundred dollars. Yeah. So they're not gonna pay thirty dollars for like something, but they'll pay ten dollars. Yeah, ten bucks is a lot more feasible and like Look, even at $10, I get this all the time, too. It's like, $10 for a bottle of hot sauce? I'm like, yeah, I make it myself. Like, I, I'm i the one that makes this. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not Tapatio, okay? Tapat- right. Tapatio is a great hot sauce. You're not uh, Mr. Tapatio? I am not a Senor Tapatio. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, I'm not making metric fuck tons of hot sauce. I'm right. making at most, when I go on runs, I make just as much as I can to carry me through a couple months you know so i'll make like maybe like two gallons of hot sauce you know which translates to maybe 60 bottles worth if you when you make like say two gallons of hot sauce like how long does that take um i see the thing is when i do it it's very meditative for me so i don't hurry myself like i put in a podcast and listen to it but uh time wise it takes roughly maybe Two hours to blend and chop everything because um, I just use a, a tiny ass blender like I haven't I'll get a commercial one eventually but these things all cost money that I don't sure. have you know right. so I make it in my tiny blender probably to make that much hot sauce will take two hours of uh, prep time and throwing it in the pot and then I boil it uh, for close to another hour so that's three hours total to make which is an important number to know because I'm getting to the point now where I've trademarked the name Ha Ha Hot Sauce so I own that which was a big concern of mine because it's a stupid funny good name I don't want anybody to steal it sure that cost $800 to do or someone to sue you because they had it first exactly so I did my due diligence I went and uh, researched it and went through a company um, and submitted to the United States Patent and Trade Office. And uh, it's taken over a year to get the official stuff back. Like, I just submitted. Wow, really? I just submitted again because once you once they approve the name, uh-huh. they want to see how you're using it in commerce. So I have to provide them a specimen, oh. which is just a picture of the bottle with the name on it and stuff like that, and send that out to, for approval. So it's it's pretty much done now because I just sent off the final thing. So it's like I own the name. So now since I own the name, because a lot of this has just been promote like just people that follow my comedy on Facebook. Like I, I own the web domain for hahahotsauce.com, but I haven't do- I'm not putting it for sale online because it's still it's not FDA approved yet. Sure. You know, and it's not like I live in California, which is one of the strictest places in the world. You know, for anything, uh, it's not like I live in Louisiana. Like if I lived in Louisiana. All I would have to write on the bottle is not made in a commercial kitchen, and I could sell it anywhere in Louisiana, but the food laws in every different state are different. Mm. you know. So the goal now is, uh, now that I own the name and I can start being a little bit more widespread, like maybe throw it up on Reddit or something like that where I don't have to worry that someone's going to steal it. You know, that now that I'm secure in that regard, uh, my next goal is to start doing farmer's markets, which is a whole different ballgame. I used to do farmer's markets. They're a lot of fun. So much fun. I, I mean, I've worked farmer's markets just to promote comedy festivals and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm good in that capacity. One of my the longest jobs that I had in my life was I, I worked trade shows. So I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at selling things. I'm so good at setting up those tents. Yeah. Because it, when I when I had my pierogi business, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just me. I mean, I had a friend that helped me for a little bit, but basically, like, I had my own tent, 
and it was all with that in that hatchback. I would have you know the big the big farmers market tent. I'd have the eight foot folding table. Dude, I've hauled you know, so much shit in all, the hatchback like that. Yeah, yeah, man, and it, you know all of that, and then and then like the big cooler that I used to have to like carry everything back and forth, and all the rest of the goofy shit that I would have to drag with me. Yeah, you know, chair and all that, whatever. And then I would just go in, and everybody would always be like, "You need some help," and I'm like, "No." Yeah, you know, and I, I got so good at taking the taking the tent out of the bag, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, almost as bad as putting it back in the bag. Yeah, but like you know, the easy up tents are not. If you don't know what you're doing, they're not the easiest thing to set up. No, and, and uh, especially like I ain't got the money for like an expensive ass one. So you get the one that's kind of jankety that sometimes doesn't go back in. The... Even even the expensive ones are kind of jankety. Like mm. they're just they're there's tricks. Yeah. To, to making them last, like f- to keep them from flying away, um, use a gallon milk jugs, mm. fill them full of sand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take two and uh, bungee cord, bungee them uh, uh, like through the bungee along the top mm-hmm. where the where the uh, the roof joists yeah. meet the arm or you know the the, the corner legs. Just give it weight, and and that just gives it weight, but it it also lets it move a little bit. Yeah. Because you need to have it move yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's got to have some give, otherwise it'll just rip itself out. Exactly. But the but the uh, the four-gallon things are are amazing. Well, I guess it'll be two. It'll be eight, right? Yeah. yeah. Math. Mathing. <laughs> um, but it does keep it down. And people are always like, wow, what is that for? And I'm like, it's windy. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean? And I'm like, watch that tent over there that doesn't have anything weighting it down. And it's yeah. blowing across the parking yeah. lot. <laughs> And, and so like it's like it's like that it's a lot of work to do the farmer's market but the thing yeah. is it's just when you're selling food a consumable good there's a lot more things that go into it like I have to go now if I want to sell at a farmer's market if I want to do it legally which I do uh, is I have to go make it in a commercial kitchen now my three hour time frame okay in a commercial kitchen sometimes they rent those things for a hundred dollars an hour they do and it's like then i'm fighting against like so then to make my hot sauce to keep it the price i wanted to keep it as ten dollars because it's just it's always been ten dollars you know it sometimes has been more because i've been on the road right i've needed money so i've charged 15 you know whatever but like that's the price point i want to keep it at but it's just like then i have to work that into my cost per bottle you know, uh, I'll be able to draw draw my cost down when I start making larger quantities. But then I'm really going to have to be a speed demon about it. Well, I, I'll tell you this: uh, you can use a kitchen chair, or uh, find yourself some churches that have a hall and a kitchen. Mm-hmm. They are they are licensed. They're considered commercial kitchens, and it say, "I would like to use your kitchen." Can I make a donation? I only need it for a couple hours. I'm making hot sauce. I'll yeah. give you some hot sauce. Yeah. And I will make a donation to the church, and I will guarantee you 100% that they will let you do it. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't That's not a bad idea, because I, I was leaning towards, too, like a VFW type situation. Sure. Yeah, they'll do that, too. Yeah, you make Absolutely. a donation to the mm-hmm. veterans. Um, I'll give you guys some hot sauce. I'll make a donation. Yeah, that's true. Then Because most of those VFWs have bars attached to them mm-hmm. for people to go hang and drink. That's not a bad idea. Uh, my, my initial thought uh, up until just this moment was, uh, I have a friend that runs a, like a barbecue truck. Mm-hmm. And he rents, and this is how expensive it is. He rents a commercial kitchen uh, for a thousand dollars a month, right. and he's allowed to come in, I think, three times a week oh. for the whole month. 
So I'm trying to link up with him to see if I can slide him a little bit of cash to set up shop in the corner away from what he's doing. Because what I'm doing, I know exactly I, I need a tiny amount of space to... You're just cho- chopping, right? Chopping and blending and boiling. That's all I need. And then... You only really need one burner. Yeah, exactly. That's all I need. Uh, I just need to make it in that kitchen. Sure. You know, like even if I brought like a pop-up burner, yeah. you know, I could just do it off in the corner. Oh, as long I'm as sure I- they have like... The whole know, rows yeah. of stuff yeah. like that, but this is so like I've been doing it for four years, and it's just like I'm now just now only felt comfortable going to the next level. Sure, and it's it's never as fast as anybody wants because you know nine times out of ten I meet people and they really love the hot sauce. They're like, you need to get on Shark Tank, and it's like, yeah, I know. I, I know, but like you got to understand. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're going to go on Shark Tank and they're going to say, what do you have? And you're going to say hot sauce. And they're going to say next. Yeah. Because Shark Tank isn't made for stuff like that. It's Even if it was, even if it was, there's so many more steps yeah. to that. You know, like I think a very reasonable next step, and I've done this at my own pace, uh, and I will continue to do it at my own pace because I'd still make money doing it, I, and I like doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't. And it's a, it's a simple thing to do. There aren't a thousand steps, which, yeah. like, when I made pierogies, it's, people people used to say to me, not to interrupt you, but, but no. people used to say to me all the time, they're like, why don't you just use a kitchen chair, because I used to make them at my mom's house, use a kitchen chair to make your pierogies, and I'm like, because it's like, at that point, it was like, I think, $45, $50 an hour. Yeah. I work... 13 14 hour days yeah like because it's not just making the pierogi the the actual making of the pierogi is like the end yeah you know i have to peel you know 25 pounds of potatoes i have to make 25 pounds of just regular potato filling then 25 pounds of uh potato cheese chive then potato cheese chive bacon then i have to make I have to make the uh, the chicken for the buffalo chicken. I yeah. have to do that in the oven. Then I have to make the pork for the pulled pork and yeah. provolone roast red pepper. I have to roast the red peppers. Like there's so many different things. Ma- just making sauerkraut takes all goddamn day. Yeah. So and so then it's forty. So then here's the numbers. Right. So you take forty five dollars <laughs> an hour and you multiply that by thirteen. Yeah. And you're selling twenty dollar pierogies. Yeah. Just to just to cover. You know what I'm. Yeah. But that's that's yeah. what people don't understand. It's just like you have to find a way to do it because it's. It's like it, it's not cheap until it's monstrous. Yeah. It's not because there's people in Denver. Like I've got some hot sauce connections of friends online that I talk to. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy in Denver that will make your hot sauce for you and produce it in large quantities and it'll be certified and sure. all this shit. But they cost fuck ton of money. Yeah. I'm not working with a huge profit margin. I'm right. working like on an $8 profit margin, yeah, you, which is still would, good. But you it's would like probably because the, the goal with food when you sell food is to triple your cost. Yeah. So, you know, you would have to sell the bottle for like 25 bucks. And it's not, uh, I mean, look, there are $25 bottles of hot sauce out there, but $25 a bottle of hot sauce is not something someone's going to buy again. No, not only that, but they're going to the, treat but the market, once. The market is like, huge. It's sad, totally saturated. Yeah, there's so many hot sauces out there. Like, honestly, I'm not banking on getting into Whole Foods. Right. Okay. What I want to do is just be able to make my hot sauce and work at farmer's markets during the day so I could do comedy at night. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I do it the way I'm doing it, I can achieve that goal because like, I don't want to do it. I, like, I'm tired of working for other people. Sure. Oh, you know? Yeah. So like, if I could do... Sing it to the choir there, buddy. So if I could do four farmer's markets a week at four or five hours a crack, 
I know I can easily make a hundred something dollars a day. You could probably make more than that because this I, is LA and people pay for shit. Ex- well, that, well, I'm just too, talking realistically on what I make during the day at my day job to survive. Yeah, yeah. If I can make at least what I make at my day job mm-hmm. working for myself, why wouldn't you? Sure. You know, because then at the point, then, then it's when you can drive your price down. It's just I'm not big enough yet to go and buy a sack of sweet onions. Like, I'm not big enough yet to go buy a crate of Roma tomatoes. You know, and the difference price-wise, you know, I go to the Smart and Final, and I've done this once just to see, and, like, the difference is Roma tomatoes are usually typically, like, in the 90 cents and change, like Mm -hmm. 90-ish cents per pound. Right. Okay, if you buy a crate of Roma tomatoes from 56 cents a pound. Right, and you once you get to that point, you can't buy things that's smart final you have to go to uh what do they call it out here restaurant depot yep like and that luckily when i was doing pierogies i had a friend who had a restaurant and i would just tag along with yep. her and use her Get car what you need. but you know i was buying i would walk out of there with a 50 pound bag of potatoes yep. uh two big uh 10 pound tubs of sour cream mm-hmm. um i was buying like four or five pounds of butter no five six pounds of butter like in the pound things yeah, you know yeah. Um, giant bags of cheese, um, f- uh, 40-pound box of boneless uh, chicken thighs. Yeah, yeah. You know, the big boxes of bacon. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and and it's it's hard because, you know, I would walk out of there with all that stuff, but then I would also have to give my friend, you know, $200 in cash because they're real weird at Restaurant Depot slash Jetro, whatever they call them now, <laughs> um, with like credit cards and stuff there so you have to have the cash it's yep. not like you know i think i'll just split it between six yep. cards and then you're racing against the clock yeah because food goes go bad. bad yeah have you ever smelled a potato that's really really gone bad they turn black yeah and they get like gloopy is it really yeah, the yeah, only yeah, word yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, you know i i i remember somebody saying once about how if they had a time machine, they would only want to go forward because if you went backwards, you couldn't. You wouldn't be able to stand the stench of like the time before sewers and sanitation because people just threw their shit out in the street. Yeah, people, I mean, their garbage. literal shit out in the street, yeah, yeah, yeah. and also all garbage, their food waste. Yeah, food out the window, just yeah. hucking it out the window. So there's rotten shit all everywhere. Over. And I don't think that people even realize how no. bad because sometimes I would have a fifty-pound bag of potatoes. You know, and I'm working, and I'm working, I'm working, but like the ones on the very bottom sometimes would start to go. Yep. And that smell is so bad, Dave. Yeah, and it's mold. Ooh. Like mold happens too. Like with Roma tomatoes, Roma tomatoes do not have a long shelf life. Like yeah. I'll get to I'll get to the grocery store, and I'll have to pick through the ones that are starting to go soft. Oh. You know, and it's. You know, so with the quantity that I'm making it in, like my end goal is to be able to hopefully not so much a restaurant depot, but like there's a lot of farms outside of Los Angeles, you Uh know, like you, my buddy suggested this once and I've never forgot this suggestion because it was a beautiful suggestion. He goes, why don't you go out to an orange grove and get their lumpy oranges? That they don't sell to the grocery stores because they don't look pretty. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I know well, there's a company now that does imperfect produce. I've, yeah, not, but you I've also looked into pay that. Pay a billion dollars to. For, yeah. yeah, exactly. I would rather just go to a farm and have my guy, just like I got my pepper guy. Yeah. Um, his name is Josh. He's on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> I think he's in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. He's uh, in Virginia or one of the Carolinas. I think it's Virginia. But he has a hoop house. And, he has like, a what? 
a hoop house, which is basically like a uh, like a plastic barn oh. in his backyard with uh, aluminum pipe uh, U shapes, and then it's covered in plastic. Oh, neat! And so he can grow peppers all year long. Oh wow! So he and I PayPal him money, and he ships me a flat rate box full. Like I'm buying Reapers by five, five pounds but the good thing about the reapers is they freeze very well they freeze oh. like little ice cubes oh. so i'll get a five pound box of fresh carolina reapers and uh-huh. I'll make as much as i can when it gets here to, to, to sustain me for a couple months and then i'll throw the rest in uh freezer bags in the freezer and so when i go to make more i just count out the amount that i need for the batches that i'm making and they're little ice cubes and i let them thaw out and they get squishy once you thaw them, they're not like. Well, you're cooking them anyway. You're so cooking them anyways, exactly. Do, do they do they lose any of the heat? Nope. Interesting. Nope. And if anything, if anything, um, the hot sauce gets hotter over time, you know, because the oils uh, in the hot sauce. Because I I, I, grind, I keep all the seeds in there, so like once you blend a pepper up and the seeds and the oils from the seeds and everything are in the hot sauce, uh-huh. like it gets hotter over time. Interesting. You know. Uh, but I make it the exact same way every time uh, on certain special requests. People are like, can you make it hotter? I'm like, yeah, but I can't guarantee it's going to taste the same. Like, if you want, I'll... And what I'll do is I'll just, put, like, put two little black X's on the eyeballs of the pepper label, uh-huh. you know, so people know which one it is. But what I do is I just make the hot sauce the same way I make it, and then I leave a little bit of room in the bottle before I put the last bit in, and then I'll scoop some uh, Carolina Reaper dust, like powder, because I have a dried bag of spicy pepper dust, you know, like, there are people, there's a group on Facebook called the Hot Pepper Grower Society, and Uh it's as dorky as it sounds, but there's like 10,000 people across the, the globe that their hobby is hot peppers. Interesting. And growing them and, and taking care of them. And then when harvest season happens, they make their little extra side hustle money by selling bags of ground powder. You know, um, I've accidentally made the mistake. <laughs> the legal kind of ground powder. Yeah. The, yeah the, 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 if you put this powder up your nose, you're not going to have a good time. Like it's not. Yeah. This is like this is like two million Scovilles, Ooh. you know. Um, talk about getting rid of nose hair. You t- talk about getting rid of your septum. Like, you know? <laughs> uh, and so those people, and they sell flat rate boxes with this stuff. Like I made a mistake one year to not stock up um, the fresh peppers. And luckily I know I can use Reaper Mash, which is basically jars of smushed up Carolina Reaper. Okay. And I can use that too in a pinch because the, like I haven't started growing out here in California yet, which I will. Yeah, I have the, yeah. I have the pots to do it. I have the seeds to do it. It's just Time. comedy. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is a good way to like jump from that conversation to this one. It's just like stand-up comedy is my number one. Sure. I can always make hot sauce. I could be a 60-year-old man making hot sauce. You know you what know, I'm saying? It's better, it, honestly, it's better to keep it more of like a, like a, like a little more than a hobby. Yeah. That you still enjoy it. Because still that's like kind of what happened with pierogies with me. It blew up to the point where like, it was, I, I mean, I was working, you know, 18, 19, 20 hours a day. My day off was like three hours on a Sunday. And it just wasn't fun at all for me. Yeah. And, and right now it's fun and I don't. Would it be nice to just own this hot sauce company and be a CEO? Uh, yeah, it would be great. But like, 
my end goal is to be able to do stand-up comedy till I'm in Velcro shoes, whatever that means. I would love to only make a living selling hot sauce and doing stand-up comedy. You know, we're all out in L.A. for that other stuff. Yeah. You know, like we're all out to write for a show or to get some notoriety or get put on a TV show. So then you get that TV credit and then you can go and work more of the road and more clubs will let you in because it's not the same as it used to be. Like when we first started doing comedy where you could just be a feature comedian and make a living. Yeah. Like, the feature spot it, back in the day was where it was at. It still is a great spot as yep. far as yeah. in the show because it's like you do your 30 minutes and then you can go just chill. Right. You know, you don't have to worry about check drops. You don't have to worry about it. the feature spot is the best spot. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not the... It, uh, I would say as far as difficulty goes, I would say host and headliner are the top. And then features somewhere down, like guest spots is easy, blah, 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 blah. But at the feature level, they used to give hotels. They used to yeah. pay you not as much as the headliner, but like you could sell your merch and you could mm-hmm. li- like be a road feature. Yeah. And now if you're not headlining, you cannot make a living because some clubs are not paying for hotels anymore. Yeah. Like even like even some of the outskirts improvs don't pay for hotels for features. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I've known a comic that had to do an improv in another state and they were featuring and they said, yeah, we're we don't cover hotel anymore. So that person had to find someone to stay with, I knew which the, I've done. I knew the uh, the heliums. I love the heliums. But what they do is they kind of like Philly is, you know, they have they have uh, heliums. The first one was in Philly. There's one in St. Louis. There's one in Buffalo. They bought Charlie Goodnights in uh, North Carolina. Um, I don't know if they own Cap City Comedy, but they that's considered part in their thing, and that and they have one in Portland. Yep. So Philly is kind of like their farm team. Yep. So they will send you to Buffalo, and they will send you. But when I say send, I mean, hey, do you want to do a do you want to feature at a show in Portland? Cool. You find your way to get there. You find a place to stay. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. can have the spot. Yeah. Like it used to be, where like they'd say, "Hey, you know, here's a here, here, here you get yourself there. We'll pay for your hotel or whatever." And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just not a thing anymore. It's it's not like, and it's you know, like luckily there's Airbnb and stuff like yeah. that. But like, yeah. it's the reason I still drive a hatchback. I drive a Volkswagen hatchback because I could put the fucking seats down and I got a roller mat. And rather than sink sixty of my hundred and fifty dollars into a, yeah. a, a flea bag motel for the night, I will just find a rest stop. And I will roll out my roller mat and wrap myself up in blankets and sleep on a fucking mountain, you know. And that's just that's just the nature of the business. It's like you're broke in this business until you're not broke. Yeah. And that's it. That's and there's it. no middle ground they're, either. They're, you're either broke or you're not broke. Yeah. You well, know? Did you, apparently there was a there was an article in the Hollywood Reporter and about like <laughs> comedy and apparently somebody told this guy that you can make like twelve hundred bucks a week doing stand up in L A. <laughs> and everybody I know who's who's like a comic is just like, what? <laughs> Like there no. is no comedy. There's no money in comedy anywhere. The the, the, <laughs> the best it is, and this is a goal of mine, is to write for a TV show sure. during the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. and do stand up at night, yeah. do spots at night, yep. and then ma- create my own shows. You yeah. know, go do projects with my friends I'm and things the club, like that. My friends. But it's just but you have to find your way into that yeah. day spot, right? You know, where uh, a, a great job in comedy in LA is a warm up comic. Yeah. I don't know. Crashing has portrayed that yeah. as like, look, Crashing is a wonderful show. I think Pete Holmes is funny. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's just like 
when you're a couple years into comedy, like some people who might be listening to this or that you run into at open mics, it's like you are not going to get a warm-up comic spot. No. Like you're not. And and the thing is, it's not just like late-night shows to have warm-up comics. And those cats make good money. Oh, and they're yeah. very good at what they do. No, anything with an audience has a comic that's I, warming up. I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now, but Conan, his warm-up comic is phenomenal. Mm. He's phenomenal. And I would venture to say that that dude's probably pulling in a grand a day easily easily and so but it's not easy work they tape all day and like they get like two days off like i'm not saying well no conan i went to a conan taping it's like a two-hour tape it's not bad they're Mm. pretty they're pretty expeditious with their taping for that yeah you're right you're right i went i went and they run it tight but i'm I'm talking like there's some other shows as well sure sure well like like game shows have warm-up comics yeah like there's the game show network and i one of my first little gigs out here was doing paid audience work for a a shitty game show network show nice and i mean those people are awful people like the people (laughs) that you are waiting in line with that that's like maybe their husband or wife is like the breadwinner and they like just do this but they're like like professional audience members are some of the worst people I've ever met <laughs> because like they act like they're going to get plucked from the audience and made a star right. and it's like get the fuck out of here you're making 1075 an hour just to sit and clap when they tell you to yeah go fuck yourself you know I know sitcoms run a long time like those tapings take fucking for it they're like four or five hours you're just like oh end it has to end sometime I, I, I did extra work on Westworld which was fun and I think they cut my scene out <laughs> but it's whatever but it was fun to be on a big set and to see that you know and like I've just spent the last seven plus years being trying to become a good stand-up comic so now i'm teaching myself all these other things like sure. what a pilot is or what a fucking script looks like yeah. or you know i got some books i can loan you i think you you'd really do you like. have the one i'm trying to get my hands on that i haven't bought yet is writing for tv and late night have you heard of that book i've heard it's like the bible for people that want to write for tv uh maybe but we'll, you know we'll talk about that when we go lunch. yeah um, not to change gears a little sure. bit, but you're you're from the uh, South Side of Chicago. South yeah? Side of Chicago, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Chicago food because <laughs> uh, coming back from Philly uh, over Memorial Day weekend, I had a little, I had like a, a fifty minute layover uh, in Midway, so yes. I was able to go to Gold Coast yep. uh, to get some dogs. Uh, you sent me a picture. Yeah, I was so excited, and those people on the plane, I ate them on the plane. And they hated me. It was yeah. a full plane. And I was like, fuck you guys. I don't care. First of all, I hadn't really eaten like that day. So mm-hmm. I was just like ready to like eat the person yeah. in the chair next to me. <laughs> and uh, I pulled out the one and the guy was sleeping and he opened his eyes and he looked at me like he couldn't believe it because it's this big sloppy Chicago. I got the big one. You know, the yeah. big dog. Because like, you're going to do it. You're going to do, do it. it. You know? um, I also had a, I had a, one of those, uh, beef dippy sandwich deal yeah. from there. You gotta get a wet beef sandwich. Yeah, it was okay, but the, the dog was much better. Yeah, well, you're also, like, you're also, it's the airport. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's so what it's, everybody it's, kept saying to me. It's good, but it's not, way. Yeah. it's like, it's like a tease. Like, you just basically, you've got Chicago food blue balls. Yeah. Because it's like, it's good, but it's not like, it's like, alright, so like, I lived in downtown Chicago proper uh, for a number of years where I lived in Little Italy where Mm -hmm. you can go get a beef sandwich from like a fourth generation beef shop. Nice. Where like they've, uh, their family members are either Chicago police officers, Chicago firefighters, or they run the restaurant, you know. And when you get a traditional Chicago beef, you get it and it's like that beef is slow cooked and soaked for fucking 
hours and hours and hours. And then you get it on a dry bun and you can have it either dry bun or you have them drench, they drench it. Yeah. And when you have them drench it, which is the way you're supposed to eat it, like the bun means nothing anymore. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the bun is basically just keeping its shit together enough, you know? <laughs> like the, the like when you dip the beef sandwich, it is uh, you're on like you're on a time clock. Like cuz it's, it's <laughs> you better eat that shit. <laughs> and it's going to start yeah, it's you dip it and you better be shoving it in your face because it's going to start disintegrating. Right. You know, so you get your beef, you get your dip, bread, uh you get your green uh your sweet green peppers and uh then you can add mozzarella cheese if you want. That's an acceptable thing. You can get your hot jardinera on it, which is also... And jardinera is a whole nother ball game. I'm, so, I'm a fan of the jardinera. So jardinera is its own fucking thing. Yeah. So like, and everybody makes their jardinera a little differently, whether they outsource it or whether they make it a homemade jardinera. But like jardinera, much like hot sauce, is a very particular business, like where you could take the base of what is a jardinera and you can just run with it whatever you feel. Yeah. You know, so usually the way I eat my Chicago beef is it's always dipped it's always covered in mozzarella cheese nice. and but i get my jarred on the side oh i get my i get my jarred on the side and then I, I i dump a bit on each bite okay rather than have them dump jardinera on it because jardinera is a very oily thing okay like i'm not saying if you tell them to put jardinera on it, it's not going to be delicious because it's going to be delicious this is just one chicagoans method it's a it, it's more quality control that's jardinera control and it makes sure that you get a bite of jardinera in every bite right. okay but the thing is because it's such an uh, viscous oil based condiment that if you have them dump it on so now not only are you dealing with a wet bun and beef that wants to shoot out onto the floor but then you've added oil to this yes. and it just it really it for don't me, drop that shit on your shirt <laughs> for, for me it's just like i'd rather just tap tap the jar uh for each bite that i do oh, until I it until it's gone you know you know what's weird i i have a particular love of that neon rel- hot dog relish yeah i love that shit i actually I, I used to work uh, with my, my friend Mary uh, I work with in Philly and she's from Chicago. She's a Southsider. And I, I knew, and she goes home a lot to like see her family and stuff. So jokingly, I was like, hey, next time you come back, can you bring me a jar of that neon Vienna yeah. hot dog relish? And she did. Yeah. And I used it very judiciously. Yeah. And it lasted me a long time. Yep. It's good shit. Yeah. And when, and when I was at at the Gold Coast hot dog place, I saw they had it, but I didn't have enough time to like think to tell the girl to throw it in my order. And then I like the line was long, and I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. So like a Chicago dog is a completely different ball game too. I can't do the sport pepper though. See, I like a sport pepper on the side. Oh, so there you so go. they put like so when they when I get a Chicago dog, a Chicago dog is you know your sesame seed bun, your dog kosher dog uh you get your mustard no ketchup you get a couple slices of tomato uh chopped onions uh uh, that neon green relish and then you get two sport peppers Uh, your your chicago dog should only celery salt yeah celery salt as well forgive me (laughs) i was getting too deep in the sport pepper game uh, but so you, your Chicago dog should only really have two sport peppers because they're not very big. Right. So one runs the length of the front of the dog and the other one runs the back length. Now, so for me, I pick those two off, put it to the side and I take my bites and I'll take a bite of the sport pepper, uh, okay. you know, so, or I'll eat the dog and then eat the sport peppers after, right. you know, and that's just my own process. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's anything. It's right. just, that's the way I do it. But there's, I mean, there's so many different 
places that do hot dogs in Chicago, but they keep it the staple. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you don't do is you don't put ketchup on the dog. I don't understand what the problem is with ketchup on a hot dog. Because I love ketchup on a hot dog. Sure, your hot dogs, that's fine. You could make your hot dogs however the <laughs> fuck you want to make your hot dogs. Okay? But here, here it's redundant because you're already getting two fresh slices of tomato on the hot dog. Well, yeah, but saying that a tomato tastes like ketchup is it like... Do- but it doesn't. But it's, 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 it's not something we do. Like, you can ask them to do it, and they'll do it for you, but they ain't going to do it unless yeah, you Yeah, and then ask. they'll throw the hot dog at you. Or, or rub their balls on the hot dog. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't need a ball-tasting hot dog. Yeah. No, it's just it's just that's the way it's made. That's, a, you know... A, I mean, whether like, you... maybe it's like when people come... Like, when yeah, fucking yeah. Joe Biden came to Philly and he ordered his cheesesteak with Swiss cheese, and they were like, what? Yeah. Like, that's not even a thing. No. No, see? Like, and the customer is always the customer or whatever. I don't even think they had Swiss cheese. No. Because <laughs> yes. it's not a thing. No. And it's it's just, that's the way they're made. And I know people don't understand it, and that's fine. It's just... It's just such an odd thing because ketchup is such a regular condiment. For hot dogs. Like, I, like I could sort of understand if they were like, don't fucking ask for onions because onions, like, are but more specific. It's just... Onions part of it, though. Yeah. Like, I... Onion, so the elements of the Chicago dog are all part of it and the way it tastes, okay? Uh-huh. And ketchup does not factor into that because to get that Chicago dog taste, it's because you made, brought up the point, well, ketchup doesn't taste the same as tomatoes. That's right. The tomato lends well with everything else that's going on in uh-huh. the hot dog, whereas if you put ketchup, it, it's completely different taste. All right, so I'm going to say something. You tell me if you know about it. Rico Benny's. Rico Benny's? Oh, fuck yeah. We'll talk about breaded <laughs> cheesesteaks all day long. Yeah. I he, Here's a fun one. Uh-huh. I know. I went to college with one of the Rico Benny's. Really? Yeah. My friend, shout out Allison Rico Benny, who, you know, I, I don't even know if we're still Facebook friends or whatever, you know. <laughs> but we used, to, we used to party together and stuff like that. And I don't, honestly, I don't, the one that I used to go to near my parents' house closed down. It's very sad. So a Rico Benny's. I think there's one at, um... So they're one field or whatever they're calling it. There now. could be, yeah, yeah, there could be. Um, but so Rick Benny's is a whole different ballgame. So Rick Benny's is a breaded steak sandwich. So they take. Uh, is it like a cutlet? No, it's more like a skirt. It's more like a nice chunk of skirt steak that's really. They marinate it and they make it soft. And they pound it down? And they pound it down and then they fry it. Uh-huh. So it's a breaded steak. So the meat itself is breaded. And I think it's cornmeal, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, and then it's on a nice Italian roll uh, with uh, marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, hot jardinera. And it's a completely different ball game. What the? Marinara sauce and oh, the jardinera? Yeah. 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 That's that's what I'm talking about. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because yeah. one of one of my personal favorite things when I order a cheesesteak, like in Philly, yep. I get I usually get a pizza steak, okay. which is cheesesteak, sauce, yes. mozzarella cheese, you know, and then they'll throw it under melt the cheese a little bit, and then you're good to go. Yeah. So it sounds a little bit like that. Very similar, except that the, they bread the steak. Interesting. And they're not. I mean, it's your Philly steaks are chopped steak. Well, no, is... actually, not not all the time. There's act, there's flat steak and there's chopped steak. Like Steve's Steve's Prince of Steaks, yeah, which is a great place, yes. <laughs> a great name. Uh, they're a flat steak. Gino's steaks, the Pats and Gino's yes. thing. Everybody always talks about. Uh, Pats is chopped. Chop. Gino's is flat. Yeah, people have very specific preferences. I don't care for the flat steak. Um, I I like it chopped. That's just personal preference. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, I yeah. see it like with, the, but the brick of Benny's is ju- it is a flat breaded steak. Okay. And when you're eating it, like it's 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 the steak stays in there, so like it's not like chunks of it. It's sure, like sure. You go through it, and it's it's you it's chew it's it's a chewy. It's not like it's not like flame and yawn, right. uh, but it's like it's a chewy sandwich. Uh-huh. You know the the bun is sometimes chewy, and so is the steak, and it's just. But with the marinara, the marinara softens everything. Well, so the acid in the tomato will break and it, so, start yeah, breaking it, it down. So it softens the bun, and then you keep it all in with the the um, mozzarella, like uh-huh. the baked mozzarella on top of it, uh-huh. and then the jardinera. Hot jardinera is just a thing that goes on most things. I'm so angry that a couple years ago, um, my friends Dugan and Val, uh, they were living in Chicago. Do I, Dugan McShane? Yeah. We're fr- me and him are friends on Facebook. How? Same. Oh. <laughs> the same the, the 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 Philly uh open mic page or the comedy shows in Philly page and uh-huh. uh I talked to some other comics and they told me that he was the guy and so I added him on Facebook and we shot the shit never met in real life. That's so you funny, know? yeah, do good. And we're still we're still friends on Facebook, you know. He's the they they lived in the Robins something something, Robins Wood, of Chicago. Robertson? No, Rob Rob I don't know. It, it, it was some kind of like goofy name. It was sort of turning into kind of like a hipster area. Rogers Park? Maybe. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is that I Ravenswood. Went... That's it. Yeah, Ravenswood. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> like, I... <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. I'm like, that's not the right bird. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. anyway, I went... I, I did like a four-day trip out there to like hang yeah. out with them. And we went to this place, Chubby Wieners. Uh, for hot dogs. It was awesome. I really need to get a shirt from there. I wish they'd get their <laughs> shit together and sell some shirts. But um, but I'm so pissed I didn't know about the Rico Benny thing because I would have been all yeah, over that. Rico all Benny's over is the, it. it. Yeah. That's so, it, it's so funny because, I mean, you know, I, I don't know whether Allison got a scholarship or whatever. She was a smart girl. But it, Dude, it's that's a, like all that steak sandwich money. Yeah, she Come went on. to school on steak sandwich money. God bless her. Yeah. Man, that's fantastic. <laughs> Your family, the king of families. Seriously. <laughs> uh, now, now, I had the, the Lou Malnati's. Yes, deep dish. Uh, deep dish. So we want to go to the Chicago-style pizza, which well, I saw a debate earlier, and I'm just going to stand right up here and say it, as Chicago pizza is better than New York pizza. I will well, say. They're, they're totally... All right. No, no. I'm they're saying, different I, kinds of pizza. You sure. can't compare them. But are what you would call New York-style pizza... Is better than New York style. Well, pizza. Uh, that this sort of what I was getting to. So there was a Luminati's not too far from Val and Dugan's, and I wanted to have it before I left. Uh, I was tired. Val was tired. Neither one of us wanted to leave the house, so yeah. we ordered delivery sure. from the website, and we got a deep dish, which was fine. But we also got their flat, mm-hmm. and I honestly like preferred the, it. Yep. So our thin crust pizza, it. it Look, deep dish, and I'll hear some Chicagoans say this: that uh, our deep dish is tourist pizza. Okay, it's a deep dish. Look, I love a good deep dish. When I'm home, I I try to have a deep dish just because you can't get it out yeah. here. Like my buddy Bobby Hill works at a place in Burbank, and it's uh it's it's called uh, Taste Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. And it does have good Chicago style food. Okay, uh-huh. but it doesn't. It's not the same as getting it in the city. You yeah, know? I mean, that's th- it's like Philly cheesesteaks. There's a place here, Philly's Best in Encino. And I've had their Italian hoagies and they're good. And I had their cheesesteaks. Cheesesteak was all right. 
They're a little, <laughs> they're a little, little slim on the meat. Yeah. But uh, but you know, but if you if you want a little bit of home, you go there. But it's not the same it's, as yeah. me ordering from uh, Steve's Old London, which is my favorite place to get a cheesesteak from uh, in uh, over by my friend Tim Butterley's house. By where I used to live in yeah, Philly. Yeah. It's not the same because they're not making the, the bread the same. They're not, the water yep. is different. Yep, like, and that's people that you brought up the water. The water is, Chicago water is is uh, an element to the pizza. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's it, it makes the dough taste different. I don't, I'm not a chef. Like, look, I make hot sauce and I enjoy scarfing food, yeah. but I'm not a chef, okay? Right. So that's the thing. People are like, well, do you have a culinary background? I'm like, no. I just decided I want to learn how to do something one day it's and I taught fun. myself how to do it. But as far as my favorite thin crust pizza in Chicago is a place called Beggars. Uh-huh. Now, they have turned into a Chicago chain now, and they sponsor the White Sox. But when I was growing up, there was only like two. Uh-huh. There's like one or two, and they were on the south side of Chicago. And their slogan, Beggars Pizza, was we lay it on thick. So you basically get a thin crust that is a cracker, like a saltine cracker thickness of a crust. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a half inch of toppings. Oh, I like that. A half that's inch what I'm of to- a half inch of toppings on that. And that's the pizza that they make. Yeah. And I played baseball uh, in high school with uh, the family that the Gorettos, uh, nice Italian name, uh, and Pete Goretto would bring pizzas for the baseball team. So like I got hooked on their pizza like young. And that was before they blew up. They were very successful, and they continue to be successful. Uh, Pete has since passed on, um, but like the the business still runs. And I, I try to get a beggar. That's the thing. I will get my deep dish, and I will get my because um, they're two different ball games. Okay. But here's the thing: your New York style monster slice pizza. We have a place called Bocce's. And Bocce's is, uh, it was around UIC in Little Italy. Um, they probably have a couple locations, and I think they have a location that's outside of Wrigley Field. Um, but uh, Bocce's was a pizza slice that was as big as, uh, I'm trying to... Like the size of your head kind of piece? Well, you, bigger than your head. It was longer than, like, it, it would... It sounds go, like Lorenzo's in like, Philly. It, like chest to top of your head. That's yeah, how yeah. the that's the length of the pizza. Yeah, you yeah. held the pizza up from the top of your head, it would go down to your chest. Yeah, and it's it, like Lorenzo's. And a triangle size. And yeah. you have to fold it to eat it. Yeah. Very The New York way to eat the pizza. <laughs> but we used to, like, in drunken college, you go with $5, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And you get a monster slice of pizza, and you get a grape soda or whatever kind of soda that you like, as do I. And so here's another Chicago staple uh, that most people, the debate's not even there, is the Chicago Polish. Okay. This is why we have... Oh, the Polish dog. Yeah. Which I didn't get when I first saw it because I thought it was kielbasa, but it's not. No, no, no. It's just like a big fat hot dog. The Chicago Polish is like, it's kind of like a big fat hot dog. They use different kinds of meats in the casing. Um, but there was a place, and there still is there, and it used to only be a like a trailer, like a like a like a trailer, like you would see like uh, on a construction site. Oh, uh huh. And there was two places. There was Dirty Maxwell's, and then there was Jim's, and there were two trailers right next to each other. And you either went to Jim's or you went to Maxwell's. It's kind of like your 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 uh, Gino's and uh, yeah, except Pets and Gino's is cheesesteaks for tourists, or yeah, unless you're drunk and it's yeah, but too. I'm just saying they yeah. were set up. I'm, I, I'm talking. I get you. They're right next location. to each other. Location, like I get they're it. right there, yeah. and like the, both of them had huge lines, and but like so you would go to Dirty Maxwell's because they were open 24 hours. It was like a hot a hot dog. A hot, they didn't do beefs. They did hot dogs, 
Polishes, which is why you go. They did burgers and chicken sandwiches and fish sandwiches, okay? Uh, now, anything that you get from that place is going to taste the same because they everything's slapped with grilled onions. Like So you go up to the window and you see there is a mountain of grilled onions. And whatever you order, mm-hmm. unless you tell them no, they just throw a heaping pile of grilled onions on. So your Chicago-style Polish is Polish, mustard, grilled onions, that's it. Like spicy mustard? Yeah, no, yellow mustard. Oh. Yeah, just yellow mustard, just straight up. It sounds like a nice, like a nice spicy mustard would go like a like a golden's type spicy Shh. mustard, you know? Probably. I'm a big fan of mustard. We'll go down this path too. I'm a mustard <laughs> fucking fanatic. Okay. But this is so dirty Maxwell's everything and these grilled onions is just so much onion. Like there the dirty Maxwell Polish has just as much onion grilled uh-huh. as it does meat. So you're getting equal parts meat, grilled onions and then a slap of mustard. Oh. It's totally the best. That and sounds awesome. and they're still they've upgraded because they made enough money where they both have brick and mortar buildings where <laughs> where their uh, trailers used to be. Nice. But when I was going I went to University of Illinois Chicago so I was downtown proper and just hammered balls at 4:30 in the morning going to Dirty Maxwell's. Wow. And you could cuz at the end of the night you've already spent your money at the bar right. so like you kick five like I think it was at the time too it was like 5 bucks. Or th- it was like three fifty. They probably had a special where you get the the, the dog and dog. the drink to make it easier on themselves. And the fries. Oh. So you got the fries. So you got the Polish, the fries, and the grape pop for wow. like three fifty four dollars. Uh, yeah, the bar- that sounds yeah, awesome. Three. It's probably more expensive now because this is uh, let's say I graduated in two thousand and four. So we're looking at we're looking at fourteen years ago. You know. Well, if it was three fifty then, it's probably five dollars now. Yeah. Probably to make it easier on themselves, too, Still because just, you figure you would change and stuff, yeah. and it's late, and yep. people are knuckleheads. Yep. Yeah, and it's just that those are Chicago staples that when I go back, I try to go, and if I'm with anybody that hasn't, I take them to the spots. You know, like, I'm not going to get into the beef sandwich debate because a lot of the place is closed. You know, there's Al's Italian Beef, which is a completely different type oh, there's of... there's that one place where the ladies yell at you? Mm, there's a lot of places in Chicago where people yell at you. No, it kind of, it kind of went. And uh, are you uh, talking about the hot dog or the beef? Because uh, they're no, the beef. It's a beef place, I think. Because mm, the the Wiener Circle. Is, that's it. The so that's the hot dog. So oh, the Wiener, hot dog? yeah. Oh, so right. the Wiener Circle is known where they cuss at you like when they you order. They are mean. Yeah, well, that but that's the thing. People go there for that. That's just weird. You know, like... I don't want to eat yell that. I'll just go home. Right? Yeah, I'll just <laughs> yeah, I'll just go eat food at my family's house. Um, but so you brought up mustard earlier, and I want to tell you, since we're, we're on the Did You Eat podcast, okay. uh, my favorite place in this country, what, I'll say top five favorite places, okay. is the Mustard Museum in Midvale, Wisconsin. I think it's Midvale, but it's mustard like... Mustard Museum. Oh, yes. And it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it is... It is 10 minutes outside north of Madison, Wisconsin, where the college is, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done shows out that way before. Oh, yeah, there's the, the Comedy on State. There. Comedy on yeah. State's out there. Um, and, I mean, even Milwaukee's not too far. And I've, I've circumnavigated. Like, I've done shows up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan Ooh. and drove... Top of the mountain. And, and top of the mitt. And I've drove down through Wisconsin just to hit the Mustard Museum and go back <laughs> down. So what it is, is basically, it's, it's, not a, it's not a super huge... It's like a storefront. You walk in, it's a storefront front and there is hundreds hundreds if not a thousand 
different types of mustards that you can buy. Uh -huh. Okay, that's the first level. And you can try any of the mustards that they sell at the back mustard bar. So you walk to the back of the store and there's a dude in a fucking apron and he's got like a big bowl of pretzels. <laughs> Yeah. And there, there's a uh, a frit a freezer like not a freezer but like a like a cooling cooler, uh -huh. and it has every one of the mustards in it to taste. So you walk up to the mustard bar and you tell them what you like. Like there's dessert mustards, there's spicy mustards, there's Polish mustards, there's nice. German mustards, all kinds of stuff like a Dusseldorf, you know. Nice. And uh, you go and you can literally try every mustard. Like I've gone in there and sat for an hour and tried. 70 different mustards before I made my purchases. And the guy wasn't like, fucking pick a mustard already? I mean, you could see it on his face, but... <laughs> but he he's, didn't say it. <laughs> he's making a good hourly wage to let me taste all the mustards. Okay? That's fantastic. This is, this is my place. So then you go into the basement, mm -hmm. and the basement is the museum part. Mm -hmm. So the, ba the museum has thousands of jars of mustards throughout the history of time of mustards that have existed. Wow. I'm talking like old clay jars, like of old, it's not edible mustard at this oh, well, point, obviously, yeah. but like, it's like old clay pots full of mustard. Wow. Like in cases, like you can't touch it, you can just look at it. Huh. Yeah, and they do little tours and they have like the little TVs going with like the history of mustards and, you know, uh, it is a phenomenal place to go to. I, I tell people it's my favorite whenever anybody is, you know, they do on Facebook, like I need suggestions on places to eat in in Wisconsin. <laughs> I always type in the Mustard Museum because they don't serve food. They serve, I mean, you can get like jerky or so, like little odds and ends or cheese curds, obviously, because it can't be a store in Wisconsin yeah, without, without yeah, selling cheese curds. Legally obligated. To, to sell cheese curds, yeah. but like so, they have that there, and they also have like a <laughs> select few like honeys and horseradish. I love a good oh. horseradish. They got some horseradish that'll burn your face Yo, off. Yo, dude, Polish horseradish is where it's at. Yep, yep. That's the thing. Like I come from Polish stock too. Like uh, like my my grandma, her last name was Sira, and so she would make handmade pierogies, you know, uh, klatschkis, all of that stuff, and that's what I grew up on. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, you know the kraut and all that stuff. I think and I'm the... gonna make uh, I'm gonna make wonky, you like wonky. Nice. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't had that in forever. Like I need to go search out a Polish restaurant that does that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about LA is that there isn't a whole lot of Eastern Europeans here. Everybody's Armenian and uh... Armenian, Indian, Asian, and that's and that's great because I love all those foods. Sure, but you know if you're looking for something specific now, apparently. I was out with Ryan Talmo, and he lives in, um... Tarzana. Tarzana, yeah, thank you. I don't know why I was thinking Reseda. Shout out to Ryan Talmo. Ryan Talmo! And he was telling me and pointing out that there is a lot of Russians there. Mm. Russian is, you know, not Polish, but it's close. <laughs> you know? And there's a German deli by my house, um, and they have pretty decent rye bread that they get from Orange County. Hmm. But it's not... I'm used to... I'm used to rye bread looking like a like a like the letter a capital letter D. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. But but yeah. But their rye bread, it it's almost like oval. Um, like um, what are those? Uh, like you know what the biscotti looks like? Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, imagine yeah, like, biscotti like three like an upside times, down smile. Yeah, yeah. Think of that like maybe like three times the height. 
Hmm. So it's a very weird rye bread, and it says like it's a Russian rye bread, so maybe Russian rye bread is smaller. Maybe. I don't know. It was good. Yeah. And like, and they sell different sausages and stuff, and like they'll hand cut the meat for you and wrap it in butcher paper, which I love. Yes. Um, and then they have like big jars of Polish pickles and stuff like that. So there's that. Yeah. Well, and it's, here's something we skipped over as far as Chicago goes: uh, corned beef. Corned beef sandwich, corned beef and cabbage. Yeah, in, in Chicago, yeah. Big Irish community. Corn, oh. like my dad's union, does. Uh, uh, they do a big like union meeting around St. Patty's Day, uh-huh. and they uh, they cater it with a company like a, a restaurant that makes corned beef sandwiches. And, yeah. And they are that rye bread. Uh-huh. That you are talking about the D-shaped rye, Love bread that rye bread with delicious corned beef. You know, and a little bit of onion and cheese on it, and the sandwiches. Because I remember my dad coming home from union meetings, just like drunk, and like he would, right. but but he would take all the extra sandwiches. Nice. Like he would wait till the end. He'd drink like with everybody, dad. and he would like he'd go up and be like, "Yo, can I get a couple sandwiches to bring home to the wife and kids?" And like, yeah. So he'd come home with like ten of these fucking sandwiches. So we would eat corned beef sandwiches. You're like, Dad, we've been eating these sandwiches all week. And he's lo- like, Shut up and eat the free sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like fuck. But I, I still love a good corned beef. I uh, I mean, I like a corned beef sandwich more than I like a corned beef and cabbage, like a dinner plate. I don't really like corned beef and cabbage because it's usually just boiled and gross. Yeah. Really good corned beef, like, the the best corned beef or pastrami I've ever had is at Katz's in New York. Okay. Hands down. I've had Katz's in Indianapolis. What? They have a Katz's in Indianapolis. Yeah, but I don't know if that's... It's the, same, it's the it, same people. Is but it the same people? Yeah, but it's not. I guarantee it's... it's I'm sure it's not it's, the same, though. Yeah. Well, if you ever find yourself in New York, it's it, it will, It's like... I don't want. I don't like to oversell things, but it's a religious experience. Yeah. I took my friend Michael, who's probably listening. Hey, Michael. Um, and we sat down and we split a sandwich because it's the big giant yeah, sandwich, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And I was like, I don't want to talk. Well, I don't want you to yeah, think I'm rude, but don't I don't want to talk when we eat this. And he took a bite, and like his eyes rolled all the way to the back of his head. Yeah. So like that's really good. But here in LA, uh, Brent's Deli, there's one I think on the west side, but there's one in Northridge, not too far from my house. Their pastrami. I know you're talking about corned beef. I I think I had their corned beef, and it's good. But their pastrami is like pretty close to Katz's. Like when it when it when it's like dissolving and it in falls, your mouth. Yeah, it falls apart. Yeah, because there's two. I like, I like going to the delis, even though they're a little pricey. The ones that are around the improv, uh, and then the oh, ones yeah, around the there's Greenblatts. Greenblatts is, is good. Greenblatts oh, is man, very I good. Oh man, I had an apple pie from there. And, yeah. Woo. Yeah, Greenblatts is very good, and so is Cantor's. Cantor's is good. I find their meat to be a little dry. Yeah, I, it's good though. Like yeah. it's 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 still that that. Uh, that deli restaurant yeah. experience. Their you big know? goods are real good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a stuff. whole, they have a oh. whole, like the turnovers and everything like that is, yeah. I mean, and it's, so it's funny, like we're talking about all three of the big cities and mm-hmm. everybody can argue all day long of what they like or what they don't like. They essentially have the same shit. Yeah. They essentially have families that have been doing this forever that yeah. make a quality fucking product. Dude, the neighborhood I lived in in Philly is called Port Richmond. It's the Polish area of the city. Yeah. I could walk a mile in any direction and be able to buy handmade kibasi. Yeah. Swayaki's is off Venango Street. Chev's is off Westmoreland Street. Chev's has been on, you name the food show, yeah, they've yeah. been on it. Um, then there is, um, then there's the place on Richmond Street. There's there's a place on American Street. Uh, there used to be a place in Bridesburg, Lahavich's, and they just recently closed the last couple of years. 
because um, they just got old. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants to do that anymore. But Chev's is, Chev's is like the, the standard. Uh, it's 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 kind of garlicky though. Sometimes if I eat their smoked, it'll give me a little bit of a yeah. indigestion. So I kind of like the stuff on Richmond Street too. I don't want to get stoned. I like them both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is just and that's and I, I grew up with it and I love it. So. And that's yeah, that's the same with me. All those foods I described are, are things that I grew up on. And out here, like, I'm learning new stuff out here. Like, I honestly didn't have a palate for Indian food until I moved out of Chicago, which oh, is crazy okay. because Chicago has great Indian food. But out here, like, I love Indian food. Like, I love, uh, I mean, there's a taco truck on every fucking corner. Yeah, and that's and the they're best. they're all good. They're all good. They're all good. <laughs> like, I got mine I got mine where I had to go through my jack-in-the-box phase first, okay? Like, <laughs> to get it out of your uh, system? To, yeah, because we didn't have a jack-in-the-box. Like, the closest jack-in-the-box, me and my buddies would get high and then have to drive like basically to st louis <laughs> to get to the closest jack-in-the-box wow you know so out here there is one a block and a half from my house wow you know when i get my two the my two tacos a spicy chicken sandwich <laughs> i have not had their tacos oh god but they're so good you know what's good though uh, my friend mary turned me on to you their chicken nuggets are baller i've not tried the chicken they're nuggets. really good yeah, uh, the curly fries are good um the regular fries are good too but 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 you're gonna end up spending like Thirteen, fourteen dollars. That's what you're gonna spend. Well, for... I mean, if you're gonna buy a whole bunch of crap. Well, know? yeah. You, I mean, I get the spicy chicken meal with the curly fries and and, and the pop, and then I get the uh, the one order of two tacos for a buck. It's like a buck twenty nine. Right, 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 right. But they're like deep fried tacos. Like, and they're deep fried. Yeah, they're crunchy. Like they're they're completely closed, and there's like a little meat and lettuce and oh. cheese inside them. Really? But they're deep fried. They're oh, crunchy. I didn't know that. It's like a taco pocket. Like oh. they're. Phenomenal! Oh, I'll, I will, I I will fucking fight anybody that says Jack in the Box tacos aren't good. Okay, but this is just a separate thing because now also there is a taco truck. I don't know the name of it. It's under the bridge or the uh, the overpass over on Venice and Sepulveda, and it's got like a big crazy ass glowing blinking sign. And they're there till two in the morning. But I'll go there and get a, a chorizo burrito, which is my preferred burrito oh, meat. Yeah. It's chorizo. Love chorizo. Love with good chorizo. And you know it's funny, like Spanish people or Mexican people don't eat a lot of chorizo because it's the gar- it's the garbage meat. Like chorizo is like the like the in- like the uh, whatever yeah. else it's they like scrapple. Yeah, exactly. It's like scrapple. But I mean, I love a good chorizo burrito, and I, I hit it with that lime juice. And but I'll spend six dollars, six dollars, and get a burrito, Can't beat that. That, uh, a, like a foot long burrito. And uh, and they have just they have a little tray of sauces and like spice uh, like um, like pickled jalapenos pickled uh, uh, carrot slices and things like that. And you go through and you pick your stuff out and stuff like that. And see it's... the taco truck by my house doesn't have the stuff laying out, but they give you everything. Yeah. Like they put everything in a little bag for you, and then you get it to take with you, like the the pickled radish and all that sure. stuff. Um, they make a quesadilla that it's so big, it's bigger than the plate. Like it hangs, it hangs. Oh, it's like the size of your head. But their burritos are awesome. Like they're so good. The closer you get to, honestly, though, and I will venture to say this, and I mean, I've only been out in LA for a year and a half now. But if you go to near San Diego, where you're real close to the border, I heard it's it, real good down the, there. The ah, uh, the, the the fish tacos. Like so, like a, oh. so, a fish taco is a completely different, like a Baja taco, where yeah. it's just like, you know, uh, like fish lime juice uh pico de gallo and that is your taco you mm. know 
and like they uh like my girlfriend she's just shellfish but i love shellfish like i love shrimp you go get uh, like a nice shrimp taco down there and these shrimps oh. are huge so they're, they're just hauling them right out of the ocean throwing yeah, them right in the taco ex- exactly <laughs> just gigantic like like half dollar size shrimps you know you should come with me in October. Did you know that there is a huge Polish festival in October? No. One of the churches down there, they have like a big, you know, weekend. Where, in San Diego? In San Diego. No shit. Yeah. And they and I, I was looking at the website, and they have, you know, pierogies, and they have kibasi, and they have gonki, and they have all kinds of different yeah, stuff, and a bunch of Polish beers, and Polish dancers. They sell t-shirts and all kinds of Fuck shit. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. It's funny that we're both Polish, too. We're both Yates's and both Polish. Yeah. Is that... Because I, <laughs> I know, like, Yates is not a traditional Polish name. Yates is actually an English name. Yeah. Because my dad's father... Was it your mom's side that was Polish? Well, my dad's father is... It, like, his family's... Like, they're English and Irish. Uh-huh. But my grandmom is like first gen polish see that's all, all the all the rest of my grandparents are first gen yeah so that's the same thing on on my end my dad's uh family english irish uh and then my grandma was the one the the real polish you know so i mean we, there's nothing better than like like just eating fistfuls of klotchkis you know klotchkis like the little fucking um pastries like the dessert where it's like uh like Powdered sugar dough with like a splotch of apricot. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah I, yeah I didn't know what they were called yeah tchotchkes <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah um and uh yeah man uh fucking and Plotsky's potato pancakes mm-hmm. like they're so good my bachi used to make them like perfect and then you just like cover them with sour cream yes oh they just they, they were they were the best they're just so good I love them and like it. it the school I went to for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade was Lithuanian. It was all the churches in the area with the schools attached. Yeah, um, they're all different nationalities. Because uh, MDG, Mother Divine Grace, they're the Italian Church, and uh, Nativity was the Irish Church. St. Alice was the Polish Church. Yep. St. George's is the Lithuanian Church. And um, every year they have a you know all the schools they all have the um, fucking uh, festivals. At St. George's they would make bellinis, which is basically giant like dinner plate size potato pancakes and I always liked them but I always thought that they were always too greasy because they were too big because my bachi would make them and they were like you know saucer size and I always thought that that was like the best size to make them because then they don't get too greasy but that's just getting picky I guess um anyway we should wrap this up yeah uh, because it's been it's been a little while and Uh, everybody's hungry now yeah definitely hungry so what do you think what what do you think is like your favorite Chicago food that you that you can't get out here yeah i would say see because i I haven't i'm not saying it's not here i just haven't found it yet but it's probably gonna be like the the beef it's probably gonna be the beef yeah you know and the pizza beef and the pizza like i there was no good pizza here really in la i've had okay pizzas but like they have a lot of these pizza places now that are fancy pizzas like there's a place uh, not too far from here. It has okay pizza, but it's like it's not good pizza. You like, know, it's pretty. It, it, and I will eat Jack's pizza from the freezer. Like it's, know, like, yeah. it's like I'm a pizza I've snob like Walmart that. I think Walmart ninety nine yeah. cent pizza. Like I'll, I'll buy it. But um, there's a pizza place on Motor Ave. It's called like Mamma Mia's or something. It's like right right by where yeah. I work at. Like it's on Motor by National. 
Um, it's like two shops down. For, there's a game store on the corner, and it's two two shops down from there. Pizza's surprisingly good. Yeah. Like, not acceptable, but like actually good. Yeah, like there's good pizza in LA, but, but it's not. But not like it's not, not great pizza. Yeah, off. not great pizza. Yeah. So I would say I would say pizza, beef. You know, and then that's yeah. Those are the two things that I will be eating when I come home in August. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just in Philly, and my mom lives down the Jersey Shore, and like I ate my weight in pizza. Yeah. Uh, that there's a, a Jersey has good pizza too. Like the well, Jersey... Jersey Shore pizza is boardwalk pizza is like yeah. awesome. It's it's just the best. And I went to this Tony P's House of Pies. Mm-hmm. I liked it so much. I bought a T-shirt. <laughs> so so what do you got to plug for me? Do a plug, um, plug. I perform all over. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Yates Comedy. Uh, if you're interested in hot sauce, uh, it's at Haha ha Hot Sauce on Instagram. Uh, my name is Dave Yates. You can find me on the Facebooks. Um, shows coming up. I am going to be on the road. I know it's a long way out, but if you're in the Midwest, I will be in Illinois August 25th, and then I'll be at Dr. Grin's in Grand Rapids uh, in the Labor Day weekend. Dr. Grin's? Yeah, Dr. Grin's is a great club. Wow, that is a hell of a name, though. Yep, Dr. Grin's. It's been there for a while. Yeah? So, mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks so much for sitting down, Dave. And uh, buy yourself some hot sauce, you people out there. Yeah, buy it. Buy some hot sauce. This man needs to eat. So thanks to Dave for hanging out and talking comedy, food, and really everything else. Again, you can check out Dave and his hot sauce and his comedy dates at yatescomedy.com. You can check me out along with my stand-up stuff at yatesycomedy.com. That's right. He's Yates Comedy. I'm Yatesy Comedy. Just one letter between the two. Go figure. And Digi Eat is on Instagram at Digi underscore eat and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Digi Eat food blog. Uh, please leave a rating on iTunes if you got some time. We could really use it. And we're also on Spotify if you use that for podcasts as well, as well as everywhere else that you get your podcasts. And don't forget, if you want to check it out, To Mary, To Tyler, Two More, and Finale Watching, all available on iTunes. And hey, did you eat? <laughs>